Hey everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode 27. It's your host, John Maloney, and I'm here with my co-host and friend, Alexander Holland. That's me entering the World Wrestling Federation <laughs> arena, as you announced me. Heartthrob Holland. Would you please welcome to the ring. <laughs> Ow. Pretty boy Holland. What are you sipping on there? Just uh... sipping on chili dog. Outside <laughs> the taste of free. Can that possibly be the lyric? Because that makes less than no sense. What? It's, suck- it's sucking on, oh, sucking sucking on chili on. dog. That makes slightly more sense. But I always just mouthed what I thought the next bit was, which yeah. was outside. The, it just sounded like outside the taste free, like as if a, it's like a convenience store was called the taste free or something. But it's I'm going to look that up because it's I a fast goggle. food restaurant called Tasty Freeze. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Weirdly named. Wow. But, um, I was watching, I was listening to it. Oh, you're right. The Tasty Freeze. Mm. So I actually was hearing it correctly. It's pretty much what it is. Wow. I want to say thank you so much, John Mellencamp. Next time you go to the US, you can have a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze. Tasty Freeze. Goes hang between a knees. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, Dale, let's run off behind a shady tree. Now that I've got the lyrics in front of me, I can't resist. <laughs> Goes hang between a knees. I says, hey, Dale, let's run off behind a shady tree. <laughs> Dribble off those Bobby Bruce, let me do what I please. Oh, this is you've weird. Ch- you've changed it into a mumblecore hit. <laughs> this is, hey, Diane, let's run off behind the shade of tree. Man, how innocent is this compared to music of today? It's mm. like, it says, hey, hey, Diane, let's run off behind a shady tree. Dribble off those Bobby Brooks. I don't know what that means. Let, let me do what I please. Oh. What do you think he's in? What do you think Jack's in do? Probably just something with the chili dog. <laughs> Can we incorporate the chili dog into our lovemaking? Oh, man. <laughs> please, please, Diane, please let me do what I please for once. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get chili dog all over my Bobby Brooks, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne has been experiencing a wave of excitement. Yeah. It's all over the international news. So let me just explain to anybody who doesn't know... This week, Melbourne has experienced anti-lockdown riots mm. and an earthquake. Yeah. So riots and earthquake, Melbourne is basically early 90 Los Angeles. It's true. It's true. If this trend continues, I cannot wait for this wave of gangster rap G-funk that's about to explode <laughs> out of Melbourne. <laughs> And I just wrote this, I wrote this, this isn't fully developed because I just came up with this when I woke up this morning. Yeah. But, so it's just quick. So I just, I got a few lines. So this is, where, where is it? <clears throat> so this is from your perspective, all right? You're rapping about your, your experience yep. in, in, uh, 
in Melbourne, and it goes with so much drama in the Carlton G. It's kind of hard being John D or Double G, but uh, still happy to pay about fifty dollars for eggs on toast most every single day. So that's the first bit. That's yeah. about breakfast. Being Classic. overpriced in Melbourne and yeah. everybody willing to pay for it, yeah. And then we just and then I uh, and then we just cut to verse two, which goes. Yeah. Now that I had to choose a Penfolds Grange, head down to my cellar with my exquisite range. Now this type of shit happens all the time. Should we drink the eighty-five or the seventy-nine? <laughs> That's good. I would have been more fleshed out, but I uh, I was like get, jumping on my bike. Yeah, it's been an exciting week. Um, I normally don't like to talk too much about current affairs because they're mostly pretty depressing and uh, this show is my sanctuary from all that, but it has been, mm. it's been, um, I've never experienced an earthquake before and it's, you know, it's been great for our state. Uh, Daniel Andrews has come out and said that Daniel Andrews is the premier, which is kind of, for those overseas, kind of like a... Uh, governor, I suppose. He's come out and he said, thanks everyone, thanks to the Department of Seismology, thanks to the <laughs> CSIRO. Um, not really sure what he means by that because they didn't cause it, but I think he's just excited because, you know, this is the kind of, this is the kind of earthquake that really has the potential to put Australia and Melbourne on the map. Um, and he said, you know, even if you're in, North America, even if you're in Europe, even if you're in Asia, this is a respectable, it was a 5.9. That's a pretty, that's a respectable earthquake. It's not devastating, but it's a serious thing. And uh, it just shows we can, we can quake with some of the world's best. It's a world-class, <laughs> it was a world-class quake. And um, he's saying, he's saying California, Japan, watch out because mm. Melbourne's coming for you. Yeah, we're coming for you. You thought we were a tectonically sound backwater well <laughs> now we're showing we got what it takes to shake and quake you'll remember last week that i did a series of um well that i that i introduced something which i was calling the thread through uh right which was a kind yes of concept for um for you know like i guess a screenwriting concept there's a lot of kind of variations on sequels at the moment. There's lots of sequels, but there's also lots of prequels and uh, tie-ins and spin-offs and so on. And I thought, uh, what about a thread through? Which is basically where, to, to give a quick recap, where you would uh, thread a narrative between two roles played by the same actor in different films that were theretofore regarded as unrelated. So, for example, you would have a film. The example I gave last week was a film called, uh, well, I think I called it something <laughs> stupid like Hello Jurassic, and it was about it was about Newman becoming Dennis Nedry. So the show Seinfeld linking up with the show with the film Jurassic Park through the character played by Wayne Knight. Um. <laughs> And then, and then we asked our listeners to provide uh, examples of their own thread throughs that they might want to experiment with or want me to experiment with. And we had an absolute avalanche of responses. It was a deluge, a deluge <laughs> of thread throughs. 
which was great to mm. to receive. I thought um, I thought I would. I have the list of of uh, some uh, some honourable mentions, uh, yeah. and I'm thinking I haven't I haven't completed my thread through. But one of the suggestions that we've received uh, would yeah. like to develop a little bit further. But uh, yeah. just for the moment, the the thread throughs that we received, we want to give a big shout out to Sebastian and Ben K and my mother. They oh were your mother, I didn't some, know she some, did yeah my, <clears throat> she did. She got in late. She sent one. Or she sent a few through this morning. Yeah, okay. There's some. There's some great. Some great ones we've received. Some of them, I think, are. Well, some of them are films I haven't seen, so I probably need to feel I need to do a bit of research before I can commit to doing a high-quality thread through. Some of them are challenging to do without getting cancelled, which I think <laughs> I, can't help, I can't help but think was probably the intent behind them, and I, ve- and I very much respect people for giving that a go. Um, uh, but I hope they keep coming, and I might, I might even try to, or we can both kind of have a crack at them from time to time. But I do have one uh, that Beautiful. comes from that comes from Sebastian or Seb, as he's as he's known. Excellent. And I'm calling the working title for this one is Cliffs of Meower. Um, okay. And Seb's suggestion was: Can you do a thread through involving Dame Judy Dench's role in Philomena and her role in Cats? <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Philomena and Cats are about as tonally different as any two films <laughs> that you, that have ever been made. Uh, <laughs> and Phil, Phil, Philomena is a film about, based on a true story about an Irish woman who had to give up a baby that was born out of wedlock and the records of that baby were destroyed and so she she, when she tried to track him down later in life, she was unable to and was kind of aggressively blocked by Irish nuns and the Catholic Church in Ireland. And right. it turned out that they had been basically profiting from a scheme where they gave away these children to um, uh, wealthy Americans. And so it was a horrible, it's a very sad, <laughs> harrowing story. And it's kind of, it's it's about her sort of struggle to find a child and come to terms with what they've done and the kind of culture of secrecy in the church. Cats, on the other <laughs> hand, is uh, <laughs> is a uh, is a, an adaptation of the popular uh, musical, which I think is based on a T.S. Eliot play, um, and um, it's about kind of anthropomorphic cats uh, living in some sort of weird alternate universe. Um, and Jane, uh, Dame Judy Dench, uh, being the protein actress that she is, managed to do both roles. Um, and so my challenge from Seb, and, I'm, and I thank him for it, was to thread through those two roles. In She played Philomena, who was the protagonist in Philomena, and she played uh, a character called Old Deuteronomy, who was this kind of matriarchal cat in the film Cats. Uh <laughs> And so I, I've given it a crack, um, and it's called Cliffs of Meower. Okay. Uh, Cliffs, Cliffs of Moa is, of course, a place in Clare in Ireland, and meow is a sound that cats make. Um, so the title's <laughs> probably the best, the most successful aspect of it. Um, 
After an heroic campaign revealing the appalling misconduct of the Irish Catholic Church, Philomena Lee repairs to a remote cottage among the clifftops of County Clare's rugged west coast to recuperate. Her only companion is her beloved tabby, Seb. I decided to put his name in the... <laughs> That's a nice touch. In the plot. Just in case we get this gets greenlit and it's just a little homage to him. A little nod. Yeah. Uh, on an evening walk, Philomena realises that her recent experience has left her deeply jaded. She looks over at Seb and wishes out loud that she could abandon her corporeal form and the tiresome failings of humanity and become a cat. This is our- <laughs> she returns home and falls asleep in her armchair, Seb curled on her lap. That very night, a huge storm sweeps in off the Atlantic. The cottage is struck by lightning. Miraculously, in that instant, Philomena and Seb emerged into a single being, a hybrid cat lady named Old Deuteronomy. The world that the being inhabits is not a modern-day island, but a strange half-world where Old Deuteronomy rules as a wise matriarch over a lively tribe of cat people. Unfortunately, that world proves to be far less compelling and relevant than the world Philomena and Seb left behind and is widely received by critics as a bizarrely misjudged flop. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my thread through. That was said. excellent. That is it. I that that was beautiful. This I think this concept that you've come up with, John, definitely has a lot of legs. I like the kind of uh, I like the sort of nod to the fly as well, where yeah. some yeah, sort of event right. causes causes two different species to merge into one. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> And I like to imagine how that film would be received. I mean, just the kind of bewilderment of critics would be a sight to behold. Yeah, I would. Um, I liked also the idea that um, perhaps, perhaps in uh, in your cliffs of Miawa, that Dame Judy Dench gets into the cat world, and uh, upon realizing that she needs to inhabit it with James Corden, just takes her own life. <laughs> just uh, walks in front of a car. Last year, I found myself in my hometown of Adelaide, and unlike a lot of other places around the globe, uh, Adelaide was fairly open during much of the time when other parts of the world were in lockdown due to the Mm. pandemic. So I was able to go to the Adelaide Zoo, and Mm. I hadn't been to the Adelaide Zoo in years, and the, the grounds are really beautiful just as an aside uh mm. i think it's it's really it's really old the adelaide zoo i can't remember exactly what year it, it was built um i think mm. 18 one of, something. one of the earliest ones in australia i think yeah and it's really gorgeous in there but uh a lot of people will know that the real draw card of the adelaide zoo since 2009 mm-hmm. has been our resident pandas wang wang and Foony. and are you making those names up no, did you not know that that's their names? No, I didn't. 
yeah, Wang Wang and Funi mm. are the mm. names of the panda uh, the panda bears, and mm. uh, just and I did delight. It's such a cheap joke, but I did delight. I went with my mum Marie and my sister Isabel, and I did delight in trying to get my mother to ask the zookeeper where we could find Bang Bang and Junie. It's just a slight very there's a slight variation on their names. But I kept saying, Mum, can you ask the keeper where can we find Bang Bang and Junie? Just so that she, just so that she would and the zookeeper would go, Oh, uh, it's Wang Wang and Funi. <laughs> and you just fall over laughing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, so I've met Wang Wang and Funi before um, yeah. through the Perspex because I've been I've I've been there a couple of times and I've seen their enclosure. But uh, the whole world of pandas and panda conservation is quite fascinating. So I just thought mm. I'd throw out some fun panda facts and we can just play yeah. around with them. And I just want to—I'm not really sure how we're meant to credit our research sources. So I'm just gonna. Just going to lay out the websites that I got this information from. I want to say a shout out to the cons, the conversation. I want to th- give a shout out to theconversation.com, qz.com, and abc.net.au, where I got a lot of these facts from. Adelaide's the only zoo in Australia which has panda bears. All pandas are on loan from the Chinese government, and they cost mm-hmm. $1 million. I, don't, I guess this is, I don't know if this is each, this must be both. Chinese government gives them out in pairs, typically. And they cost a million. On loan? Yeah. So the Chinese government gives panda bears out on loan to various zoos around the world. uh, China currently has pandas on loan to 26 zoos in 18 countries. And they typically lend them out in pairs for conservation uh, reasons. Essentially, Mm. the zoos are trying to get them to mate and have more panda babies, which is notoriously difficult. difficult. Yeah, yeah. So they cost a million dollars a year, and that is paid by the Australian federal government. So the federal government pays the Chinese government a million dollars a year to loan for a loan of these pandas. Wow! Um, and officially, it's part of a captive breeding program to help the species from extinction. Although their conservation status is no longer endangered, improving to vulnerable in oh. two thousand and sixteen. Any cubs born overseas are the property of the... This sounds like a disclaimer. Any cubs born overseas are the property of China and typically return to China to continue the captive breeding program. Panda panda diplomacy. Adelaide Zoo secured its panda loan for Wang Wang and Funi shortly after Australia agreed to supply uranium to China in 2006. Wow. Adelaide uh, signed a contract in 2009 to have Wang Wang and Funi for 10 years, so that was winding up in 2019, but yeah. everyone will be happy to know that we signed another deal for five years. So we have them until 2024. Okay. Um, but after that, uh, who knows what's going to happen? So it's possible that they'll be removed from their $8 million Adelaide Zoo enclosure. And that's yeah. going to leave that enclosure empty. Now, I've seen that enclosure and it is looking pretty good. Mm. And what I want to say <laughs> is Adelaide Zoo... If you're a little bit worried that you're not going to have a beautiful attraction, I would be willing to move in yeah. to the male side of the, I think Wang, I, can't, I don't know if it's Wang Wang or Funi that's the boy. For those of you who don't know, uh, 
the way that these panda enclosures work is they keep the male and female separated, I think, the entire year until the 36-hour window when she's fertile. Mm. Um, so I'd be willing to move in to the male side and just get all my gear off and I would just be a nude man in the <laughs> Adelaide Zoo and uh, everybody can come and oh, I'm, I'm happy to just uh, eat a ton of bamboo. That's fine. I'll yeah. still keep eating bamboo and, you know, I can just <laughs> roll around, go down the slide, be washed. Yeah. And I also like the idea that, you know, you go into the souvenir shop at Adelaide Zoo and there's little plush toys of just me uh, <laughs> nude and there's nude pictures of me on T-shirts. Just go, look. This is an important conservation project we have. Uh, that's Alex. He's a 40-year-old man who grew up in Prospect, and now he's, uh, he's given himself over to conservation. And then, you know, I don't know if there's uh, a lady who perhaps wants to join the female side of the enclosure, mm, and we're lovely. separated for all but 36 hours a year, and then... Imagine that. Imagine the fanfare when those 36 hours are up and the sliding (laughs) screen goes, and then finally we come face to face and I just go, oh, g'day, how's it going? And she's like, hey, how how you doing? Oh, yeah, how'd you, what, how'd you get, how'd you, what are you up to today? How's things been going? (laughs) Oh, yeah, pretty, oh, yeah, pretty good. Oh, yeah, like, um, what kind of music do you like? Oh, you know, just like whatever's on the radio. Just like Powderfinger. Triple J. Oh, that's that's good. Um, <laughs> what's your favourite movie? What's your favourite movie? <laughs> so you like, how long you been on the on the Foonie side? <laughs> oh, about six months. Oh, yeah, I moved in about ten months ago. And that um, spectator's just going, do it. <laughs> No, it's, we're just talking, okay? Shut up. God, just fucking give me, just give me a second to ride. Do it, okay? You're making me nervous. Um, do you want like, do you want like, what, do you want like a glass of white or like beer? Is this, is this, and they would say, is like, are you happy, like, is this place fine or do you want to get out of here? We go to like Lotus Lounge or the Exeter. <laughs> We can get out right, guys. No. Oh. I thought no. I could I thought I could get out. No. The contract says you can't. Yeah. Oh, apparently we're apparently we're leasing go. you from your parents for a million bucks a year. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> it's like a primary school group comes and sees me, it's just gonna be me sat nude on a rock just scrolling on my phone, just looking at TikTok, scrolling up nude. <laughs> Miss, miss, it's not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, you're just like curled up in a hollowed out log. I think it's sleeping. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning into this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. This has been episode number 27 with myself, Alexander Holland, and my number one pod brother, John Maloney. And we've got a little shout out today, my dear friend and John's dear friend, Tom 
the Diesel Roberts, and we want to say, Thanks, Diesel, we love you. Order up a large pep wheel from Domino's tonight, brother. <laughs> so yeah, get in touch, share the podcast with a friend. Don't praise at aol.com is the email address, or just search Don't Praise the Podcast on Instagram. Shoot us a direct message, and we will get back to you. It's me, John. I'm here. Lovely to see you again. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. We'll see you next week at the podcast.